We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, this is Dave Cabin. You're listening to the RotoViz Highlight Reel, brought to you by MyBookie, the official sportsbook of RotoViz Radio. On the Highlight Reel, we feature the top articles on RotoViz.com and get an extended insight into the writer's process and findings. For those of you who don't know, RotoViz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to RotoViz.com to check out the site. Today, we'll be discussing Tuesday trades, and I'm delighted to be joined by Devin McIntyre, who will be writing this weekly article on RotoViz. Welcome to the show, Devin. Uh, hey, how's it going, Dave? Good. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Devin's one of our main contributors, I would say, from the Rotoviz side on the uh, forums. So I, you know, I think all of the uh, Rotoviz team and the uh, readers and people that participate in the forums all appreciate what he does. Uh, yeah, you know, I really like the forums because one, a lot of a lot of the people from like newer contributors to the site actually started out there uh, just commenting and there's just like a ton of thoughtful and smart people on there and I think it's a good way to sort of get feedback on your own stuff and just add a little bit more nuance to what you're trying to talk about that you can't get into like a 1500 word article that's like has to be a little bit one size fits all. Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes I've had people point things out and uh, 
I'm like, yeah, you know, like that's something I, I should have thought about or it kind of gives you ideas of what you can do to address some of the questions or the, you know, like different viewpoints that uh, readers might have. So it's always, you know, good to go and check out the forums. You can learn a lot. And, uh, you know, it's a really cool way too to kind of get involved even more with the site if you are a subscriber. So drop Devin some questions. Uh, he's always willing to help you out as are uh, the rest of the writers. So what you've been doing this season, uh, each week you've been doing a Tuesday trades article. You just kind of want to quickly break down for us what that's all about and uh, what readers can expect. Uh, yeah, it, so Tuesday Trades, it's basically like a strategy article that tries to focus on how players change in value over the course of the season, and whether that's due to injuries, coaching changes, depth chart stuff, you know, anything. I'm right. I'm trying to write about how we should think about changing situations and hopefully identifying players that will benefit from those changes a week or two before it comes obvious to everyone yeah um you know it's definitely one of those things i think uh, a lot of people are eagerly waiting for um each week and that they're you know taking actionable information from what you're putting out uh and using that to help better their teams uh which if you haven't done yet and you're serious about fantasy football you really need to be subscribing to rotoviz and uh, you can still get 30% off when you subscribe through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our content and tools, and it supports the pod. So be sure to get your 30% discount, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So to get a little more in depth now, what's your process for identifying players that you want to trade or those that you know, you're hoping to acquire? Um, you know, I'm looking at snap counts, target shares, a lot looking at the injury reports. Um, but, you know, I think one thing that, I, that I've been trying to do with the Tuesday Trades article is um, find ways to differentiate what I'm talking about from all of the other articles on the site. So, I mean, throughout the week, we publish so many, so many good articles that have different focuses, whether it's, you know, air yards, whether it's strength of schedule and the buy low report, you know, my, my article, like I don't have any proprietary analytic or metric <laughs> that I'm talking about. It's just sort of, you know, my own thoughts, which is a little bit un Rotovisian, you know? So yep. I, I try to take all that stuff in and, you know, base my thinking kind of on that foundation of, uh, you know, the data that, that the site is churning out and other sources, of course, as well. Um, but, uh, but for me, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing I'm trying to focus on is, is, um, kind of taking all that data in, looking really closely at the box scores and, um, you know, kind of going, th going through that and, and making sure that there's nothing that I'm missing. I feel like, you know, I, I <laughs> Let's see. I'm not sure I'm explaining this that well, but I think one of the biggest errors that we're going to make when we are, are are thinking about fantasy before the season, one of the biggest mistakes we're going to make is in is basically like errors of omission. So it's like how do we frame the questions of like who is going to be valuable, and if we spend all our time thinking, you know, is it Rob Kelly or is it you know P Ryan and in Washington, 
you know, it doesn't really matter if you got that question right or wrong because the real answer was Chris Thompson. And so, um, so one thing that I that I tried to do in identifying these trade targets is look really closely at the box scores each each week, um, and not just to see who's who's you know sort of going up and down or who's a buy low uh, or a sell high, but just making sure that there's not players in that player pool that that we're leaving out. Yeah, that all makes um, a whole heck of a lot of sense, and that's one of the things that I've noticed too. Is um, you you make this transition from all of your preseason prep into the season, and then you're kind of always focusing on what's coming the next week, and you start to lose sight of some of these players that are performing so well that you wouldn't even realize unless you kind of comb through on a weekly basis how things have actually gone uh, in the game. So actually, I've been helping Todd with a uh, best ball leaderboard article, and uh, there's just players like Duke Johnson in my mind. I I didn't think he's really been that strong, but when I go and I look at the numbers, he's had some really solid performances. So I think there is a lot of good information you can glean. And the other thing too, you know, that I've noticed uh, with you, even though you said, you know, your rotoviz, you know, sometimes you might not be taking the most rotovisian approach. You're always very willing to challenge ideas. And in the Slack chat, you know, I'm always impressed that you come out, uh, whatever your point of view is, you take it and you run with it. So, you know, in your Tuesday Trades article and the work that you do, sometimes we get a different perspective that we might not have uh, from some of the other things. So I think that's something that readers... Uh, and myself included, appreciate. Uh, so having said that, are there any specific angles that you're looking to exploit um, each week? Uh, you know, anything along those lines that we might not normally consider? Yeah, I think for me, one thing that, I, that, that I've that i sort of been beating the drum for, be, and I think a, a big reason why is because there is no analytic, or at least not yet, that really captures the information, is teammate injuries and... I think everyone knows, you know, Spencer Ware goes down, you want to pick up Kareem Hunt. And we don't really know if Kareem Hunt is good or not, but we just know that that opportunity is going to be valuable. But look, everybody everybody is aware of that. Everyone knows when a starter goes down, you get the backup. But one, one area that I like to focus on is looking at the team as a whole and see, and seeing, you know, when the backup goes down, how does that affect the starter? And a lot of times there's backups that people are, you know, you don't really pay that close attention to them. And so you see Tariq Cohen blowing up in Chicago, and then everyone says, well, you know, this guy's going to just soak up all these targets all year long. Then Benny Cunningham comes back from his ankle injury or whatever, and if he's getting two or three targets every week, you know, that's like three points that if you take away from Tariq Cohen's average – he's suddenly a kind of okay player rather than a dominating player. I mean, you can't, you can't give up three. The difference of three points uh, per game in the final standings, you know, if you're sort of average per week, that's a huge difference. You're going to jump from an every week RB2 to like, you know, a sort of flex player. And so looking at, uh, looking at the way um, teammate injuries affect players at the top of the depth chart um, is something that um, is a major focus for me. So, like, when you see how thin the death chart is in a place like Buffalo, a lot of people were on Zay Jones, but for me, Charles Clay was somebody I was targeting heavily in the preseason, and even once the season started, because he's not putting up massive numbers where people think that he's a league winner necessarily, but when you know that he's going to get 
a market share of targets that's like close to 20%, even on a sort of low volume offense, uh, passing offense in Buffalo, other tight ends just can't compete with that. If they have three, four, five other pass catchers on the team that are all going to have their big weeks, it's just, it's not possible for them to have that consistency. So that's, that's a big thing that, that I try to look for. And so when you notice a guy maybe lower down on the depth chart showing up with, you know, a calf or, you know, whatever minor injury, that can actually have a, a, a larger effect um, on the players that you actually want to add on your team. Yeah, that's really true. Um, that Cunningham example, um, I actually drafted Cohen on a couple teams, and then I did spend a fair amount of fab on him. And then when I saw Cunningham, that name popping up um, in the box scores, I said to myself, you know, that was one of those players that I had just filed away back in the recesses of my brain and hadn't really considered. Um, and another good example of that is uh, with the Jaguars. When Fournette went out, you know, in my mind, it was, all right, it's Chris Ivory's time. But for whatever reason, you know, having made that transition from the regular season uh, or from the preseason, the regular season, I just kind of forgot about TJ Yeldon, you know, who uh, might have made a decent spot starter or DFS play last week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you do always have to be tracking um, teams holistically and looking at that entire depth chart. Uh, so now you put out this column on Tuesday. Is there something special about making uh, trades on Tuesday? Are people more susceptible to uh, get the uh, wool pulled over their eyes on Tuesdays, or does it just have a nice ring to it? <laughs> so, uh, Sean Siegel... Uh, came to me, you know, early in the, uh, or sort of when we were planning all the columns out over the summer, and he said, you know, he'd been kicking this idea around of Tuesday trades. And I think it's really more sort of uh, that, you know, we need to publish content on Tuesdays. (laughs) So somebody somebody had to write it, and that person turned out to be me, and I think Tuesday trades just had a nice ring to it. So, you know, it was like, Okay, we'll just do trades on Tuesdays. But that so that's how it started. But as I started to write the column, one thing I realized was, you know, we're gonna have we have all these articles coming out later in the week. But as I was writing, I realized like I can't draw <laughs> I can't draw on any of this information. Like these, <laughs> everyone is doing their work on Monday and Tuesday, but those articles aren't coming out till Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I, I'm sort of working with in this vacuum, and at first that seems frustrating. Like this is going to be a difficult column to write because you know it's just I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the results of the games on Sunday and Monday night and just sort of like winging it. But what I what I sort of came to realize is you know that's true for everyone, and there's so many smart and sort of obsessive people like. You know, maybe the narratives that take shape over the course of the week will be wrong. And if you, for, for whatever reason, maybe it's your team, you follow it more closely and you know that narrative is wrong, you can take advantage of it relative to the fantasy community. But for the most part, like, there's too many sharp people out there. There's nothing that's sort of getting by everyone by by the time Saturday rolls around. On Tuesday, though... None of these articles have come out. So to me, that's sort of my advantage of being able to have a take, you know, sort of stand by it. And, um, and, and, if, you are, and if you're reading it and, and can get those offers out there 
whether I'm right or wrong, <laughs> you know, you're you're at least not dealing with um, owners who have the benefit of all the information that's that is that is going to help them, you know, on Friday. Uh, so I do think there's an advantage to getting trades out on Tuesday. And another thing that, and I, I've tried to work this in. It's not you can't I can't do it every week, but uh, but one thing that I've tried to work in is. Um, Things that like the inf- in terms of like the information that's changing over the course of the week, when injuries happen in the game on Sunday and everyone sees the injury, but it doesn't look that bad. On Monday and on Tuesday, the teams are always optimistic. They always always say, you know, this is no yep. big deal. And so, if you can make an offer that's involving players like that, that uncertainty can help you. So one example of that is. Uh, Matt Forte had, you know, his turf toe injury, and everyone was thinking, here we go again. This is just like last year. Matt Forte is too old. We knew this was going to happen. You know, his career is done, and it's the Bilal Paul show now. And then Bilal Paul had this, like, calf thing, and he was saying, you know, this is no big deal, and it's not a major injury. So in, in my article, I said, buy Matt Forte. He has this – if you can trade for him now, you can get him for nothing because people – People are saying his career is over basically now and that, you know, you can just drop him. But we have no idea what, what the reality is with these injuries. The teams don't even know yet. It's Tuesday. Right. So if Matt Forte ends up coming back first and Bilal Paul is out, this could just be the same. It could be the same as last year, except early last year, where Matt Forte catches eight passes and just dominates in the passing game. And that's exactly what happened. He had like eight catches for 80 yards, and you know, if if you had if you had a hole at running back, that was a great start for you that you could have gotten for free. Yeah, absolutely. That is that's a really good example, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. The idea of identifying things earlier in the week before everybody's gone through their process of going through all the sites and looking at what the experts are saying and getting, you know, the rest of season ranks or, or what have you. Um, so that, that I definitely have to say, uh, I think that the Tuesday aspect makes a lot of sense. Um, so have you been using, uh, you know, like many of others on the team, the, uh, draft app, uh, so far this season? A little bit, a little bit. I haven't done too much DFS in general, just because, um, <laughs> like I've just been too busy to, with managing all my leagues. It's yeah. like I already joined too many leagues, so I, I've been trying to slow down a little bit on the DFS. But 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 those guys, I I, I I've known about those guys back since uh, you know their previous DFS incarnations, and so yeah, I've always been a fan of theirs. I I feel like they they've been doing a great job, sort of figuring out what the gaps are in in the sort of DFS community. Like, what players really want in a game. Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, the, the interface is just so nice and just so smooth and so easy. And the other thing is, if you want, uh, you can play, you know, you, you are drafting in a snake draft, so it's not like you need to do this crazy amount of research and budgeting and planning that you might uh, on other platforms. And like you, I've been pressed for time this season, so it's been a really, uh, really great way for me to get involved in uh, in playing DFS without needing to sink in too much time. Um, and if anybody out there is interested in doing the same, 
Uh, you can join me on Draft Today. Download the app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Uh, or you could go to PlayDraft.com uh, if you prefer to use your computer. Whatever you want. And for a limited time, new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RV Radio. Play a real money game for free using the promo code RV Radio. Search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and play for free with the promo code RV Radio. So, what have been uh, your best calls uh, in the Tuesday Trades article uh, so far? Uh, well, in some ways, I think it's a, it's too easy to say. Like wh- one thing that I've been, it's hard, it's difficult not to do this, but I've been trying not to do it. Is you know, you say, oh, okay, buy you know, buy Lashawn McCoy this week. And, you know, he hasn't. So last week I said, buy, try to buy Lashawn McCoy if you can. He's expensive, but Adam, he's got a good schedule. He hasn't scored a touchdown this year. So maybe his value is a little bit low, you know, and then he scores two touchdowns and has, you know, 120 something yards. And so that seems like a great one, but it's like, you know, there's, there's nine more weeks left. Like that may not be a good trade. It just was one week. So we're not trying to, I I can't tell you, you know, if you ask me, you know, you know, who's going to have the better rest of season, Marshawn Lynch or Latavius Murray? You know, I, I don't I don't know that. I don't know that. But I can tell you that for Latavius Murray to be a kind of league-winning guy who catches a lot of passes and has a, a three-down role, he needs Jarek McKinnon to have an injury probably, which could happen because Jarek McKinnon is a small guy who has gotten injured before. Marshawn Lynch, I was actually sort of optimistic that he had a chance to catch more passes, um, and he has sort of gotten some targets, but he... They haven't really connected, you know. They'll go like over one, uh, or like one for two each week. But with Marshawn Lynch, you know, Jared, uh, Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, I think are both really good. And I think that if Marshawn hadn't suddenly decided to unretire, the Raiders would have just run with those two guys. Like they they weren't going to bring anyone else in. I don't think. You know, they drafted Elijah Hood. But, you know, who knows how good he would be. He might just be a goal line guy or a, a limited guy, a, back, a backup, you know, role. Um, you know, those two guys are, pop, you know, possibly starters in their own right. So for Marshawn to really take on a big role, um, I think both of those guys basically have to be out of the picture or otherwise they're going to have that passing game game role. So that that's the sort of thing where I'm saying, like, that's the angles that I'm trying to look at, and we can sort of judge it by the end of the season. But, um, you know, so far, I, I think that that calls that I am happy to stand stand behind our, you know, I said, so uh, I said to sell Andrew Luck before week two, and that was a situation where if you have him now, <laughs> you can't get anything for him. Like, he's just been killing a roster spot on your team. I mean, look, everyone knows this, but it, it's easy to say now, and it, at the very beginning of the season, one week into the season, if you had paid a six-round pick or something for him, it was hard to just be like, okay, I'll take Adam Thielen or something like that. But as it turns out, you just got, not only did you get more, you know, you traded him for a dollar fifty on the dollar, and you thought you were trading him for $0.30 cents or whatever. So that's one where I, I think that what what I'm trying to do in the column kind of um, 
shows its value there, saying, look, there's there's so much uncertainty around the situation. We want it to be one way, but we don't really know. And so if you can leverage that uncertainty or like other people's certainty um, to, you know, try to improve your roster, um, that's going to be that's going to be a win for you. And they're not all going to work out. But if you can do that more more than, um, you know, if you win more than you lose, that's going to help your team in the long term. And so another one, I would say Mike Gillisley. I mean, this was really one that I was, um, you know, I was pretty adamant about it before the season. I think I ranked Adrian Peterson ahead of Mike Gillisley in, <laughs> in my rankings. Um, uh, you, it still could work out for you by the end, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, it was really to prove a point, <laughs> more to prove a point, but yeah. Uh, but but you know, I think that I was lower on him than than any any other anyone on Rotovis, and the I, reason is, except maybe except maybe me. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, but you didn't have. <laughs> I, I, I don't think know. I, had, <laughs> I think I had Legarrette Blunt ahead of him. I think I was the yeah. only one who had Legarrette Blunt ahead of Gillisley, and that was intentional. Um, yep. But and you know it, it could still it could still go wrong. Gillisley could score a touchdown a week the rest of the way. But from my point of view, this was this you know this is sort of in the wheelhouse of what what I'm talking about. Looking at the depth chart and say and people were just adamant, you know. Deion Lewis is getting cut there. Oh, and then he has a big game in the preseason. Oh, this is showcasing him because they're going to trade him. They hate this. You know, they don't want this guy. They want to have, you know, they want to have two or three running backs they're using each week. And and this made no sense to me. You know, this people have, they get a little bit of take lock where they, they have a guy they like and they want to dismiss everyone else on the team. And that's just not how teams operate. I mean, we see every year, teams struggle to get through the season with four running backs you know they all get injured and they end up you know i mean we see this in seattle over and over again they draft you know they said oh everyone hates thomas rawls that's why they drafted all these guys and then at the end of the season they're like adding Kristen michael back or like whatever you know to try to get just to try to get like a healthy guy in the field so teams don't approach it as these guys are like luxuries so for me you know deon lewis he does a little stuff a little bit differently. James White, you know, Rex Burkhead, they all have different skill sets. They still have Brandon Bolden on the team. You know, this is not a team that's saying we're looking for one guy to get 90% of the touches. Uh, so to me, he, he was not like Garrett Blunt plus. He was like Garrett Blunt minus because he was probably the goal line guy, but not really anything else. And he had all those touchdowns in week one and two. And after week one, I said, if you can't get rid of him, because people are, you know, going around taking the W saying, we told you, you know, Mike Gilsley is the man. Meanwhile, he was getting outsnapped by James White. He didn't have any targets. Like, it, it didn't look that great for him. But people were, there were still many, many people proclaiming that he was just going to be a stud the whole season. So if you, if you were able to get something nice for him in week two, that was, a, I think, a huge win. Um, and if that's one where it's sort of the combination of having the right take in the preseason, but then taking advantage of, you know, the stuff that's been happening in the games week to week to actually, you know, benefit your roster. Yeah, absolutely. Killersley is a great example of that. I mean, after the preseason hype and then his week one performance fitting that narrative that had been built. I mean, there was just irrational exuberance everywhere. 
Uh, so that definitely panned out for you. But now on the flip side of that, you know, do you have any really bad calls? What do you think might be your worst so far? No, I don't. I think they. I think uh, like all fan, like all good fantasy analysts, I have not made uh, any <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> I think I that they all been spot on. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's a there's there's definitely calls that I've been frustrated with. Yep. And then there are some that have just been probably wrong. Uh, and then there's then there's a few that that uh, you know they were sort of. You know, after a week, I, I wanted to say like, "Oh, I think I blew this one." And then, as the season goes on, you realize, no, you, your thinking was probably right about that. So, for example, you know, after about, I think it was, I think it was after week one, I said, "Buy Josh Doxson," and and I didn't really say it meaning Josh Doxson is going to be the guy here in Washington, but I saw what they were doing, and I said, you know, they have Chris Thompson, who's super involved. Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis both play. Ryan Grant is getting not only snaps but targets. And then Terrell Pryor was like leading the way. So, you know, all of basically all of those guys were being drafted in like the top five rounds. And I was like, unless Kirk Cousins throws like five or six touchdowns a game, you either are going to guess right and one guy is going to be the guy, or probably none of them are going to be the guy. So, if we're right that Washington's offense is really good, you just want to get the cheap guy. You want the cheapest guy you can get. And, you know, so for me, that was Josh Doxson. Now, that, that might not have been the right call in the sense that if you've just been stashing him for all these weeks, that hasn't really helped your team. On the other hand, the thinking on that was basically right. I wasn't just saying, like, you have to get Josh Doxson on your team right now. It was, if you're going to mess with the situation, this is the way you know, to, to, to play it. So that's when it was sort of wrong, but, you know, sort of right. And, and I think that, you know, and now we're coming back around where people say, you know, Josh Doxson is like going to take over, you know, he started over Terrell prior this week and maybe, you know, he's like a hot river wire ad. So, you know, maybe he, it was not necessary to, to actually, you know, dedicate a spot to him on your team, but, you know, it depends on your league. And so the advice is sort of, and give me sort of like, how do you think about the situation? And I think that can be useful for people, even if it, even if you don't follow, you know, that advice to to the exact letter. Um, but other ones, you know, I think have been more disappointing. I think the maybe one of the worst ones was that I said by Ty Montgomery when he had his rib injury, and part, you know, what I what I was suggesting at the time was people are really worried, you know, people are really worried about this injury, but you know the average the average time that people are out with the rib injury is like two you know two and a half games. So if you have people who are really worried about him trying to get rid of him, and at the time he was getting like ninety percent of the snaps, which was I think higher than any running back in the league. So for, from my point of view, I was suggesting that if you can get an injury discount because people are really worried about it, and a lot of people worried about Ty Montgomery anyway, just because. You know, he has the sickle cell thing. He's a converted wide receiver. They drafted all these guys. Nobody knows what's going on. So if somebody ended up with him, but they had their doubts and they were viewing this opportunity, you know, as a chance to get rid of him, it was a good way to get a player that might actually only miss one or two games and is going to go right back to basically the same role. You know, Jamal Williams came in, got hurt right away. Aaron Jones had 
you know, it looked good, but, it, you know, it was a super small sample. So, you know, this was a Ty Montgomery at that point was a type of player that you really can't acquire in a redraft league, like, without giving up something really big. You can't go to somebody and say, hey, what do you want for your RB1? <laughs> you know, they're just, they're not looking to move that guy. So, you know, part of what I try to do with the with the article is not just say, like, which guys I think will be better or worse going forward, but try to help people actually think about what other owners in their league might want to be doing with their own teams. And, you know, adding a player to a certain position because of a buy or an injury or whatever. Um, so that was that was one where it, that seemed like a good that seemed like a good opportunity to get a running back that you really would have a difficult time acquiring in any other situation. So that was right. But on the other hand, I think what I was probably too aggressive in making the recommendation <laughs> it could turn around. But that seems like one that I will feel bad if you know everyone read the article and they all trade away. A, pretty big piece to get him well i mean you know it's impossible to get all of these all of these calls right and some are going to be wrong and it really just comes down to if at the time with the information you had or at least from my perspective you have to think about the with the information you had at the at the time did you make a decision that made sense based upon that information so you know the classic old process uh over results um, but I think a lot of the points that you made, even just like in thinking about these trades, are kind of the line of thinking that you need to have uh, with your in-season management, which is so important. Um, so like thinking through these decisions and you know the rationale for them and the evidence that you have to back it up and your expectations are all really important uh, considerations that you can you know apply to your whole team, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, another one that I would say... I should definitely mention because it's probably the one I've gotten <laughs> that I was like the worst <laughs> that I've been the furthest off on yep. is, is Amir Abdullah. And that's because I watch a fair amount of the lions. Uh, you know, I grew up in, I grew up in Michigan. So, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're one of my teams anyway, right. that I, I follow a little bit more closely. And I just like a lot of those. Um, I like a lot of those guys uh, on the team. So, so I, you know, I really thought that the Lions could be, uh, you know, Matt Stafford's not Drew Brees, but I thought that they could be a kind of uh, Saints light, um, and and they they have a similar, you know, they don't have a bruising back, whatever. Some people like Zach Zinner, whatever, but uh, he, you know, for for the amount of enthusiasm some people have for him. He, he has not shown a whole lot, and the team never seems very excited about him. You know, he keeps slipping behind Dwayne Washington on the death chart. So from my point of view, the team wasn't obsessed with giving him a big role or anything like that. So it looks like a team that that is going to throw a lot to the running backs, is going to, you know, move the chains with Golden Tate. And... Um, that's the kind of, you know, that sort of Mark Ingram role where you can have a lot of PPR value even on 50% snaps um, seems really appealing to me. And and a lot of people were saying, no, Theo Riddick is the guy, you know, he, he gets all the passes. He, if there's anyone you want on the team, it's him. And I, I didn't, I, I sort of very strongly disagreed with that. And in a sense, 
in a sense, I was right because it's because when you watch them, they don't take Abdullah off the field. It's not like they're rotating Riddick into you know on every passing situation and stuff like that. They just rotate, and he he's in on third downs and different stuff like he's in in the red zone. So I don't really care what the other running backs do. When they, with their snaps, what I care about is, you know, what is Abdullah going to do with his 50% snaps? So, um, you know, Mark Ingram has been doing great, and you can say, oh, well, Kamara's going to get all the receptions. Well, that's true, but they, there's plenty, you know, they throw so much to the running backs, they can both be great PPR guys. And so that was, that was what I liked about Abdullah. I think he's just the most talented player on the team outside of Golden Tate, and I thought they would have to lean on him if they wanted to succeed at all. And that's kind of been true, but what was wrong was we were all wrong <laughs> that the Lions just don't <laughs> want to throw to their running backs. Right. Like, Theo Riddick has gotten a pretty good targets, but not what he needs to be, you know, a sort of standalone PPR guy. And Abdullah is just not, you know, he, he's gotten a number of games where he has like three catches, but unless he's doing that every game, there's been too many where he's been, you know, I'll get like one target. And I, I just don't know what the lines are. The other thing is like their offense hasn't been good. So <laughs> in my mind, if they t- took my advice, their <laughs> offense would be better and Abdullah would have better fantasy numbers. But that was, I think, a, a case of, you know, get going a little overboard with like thinking you can read the mind of, the coaching staff, or if not read the mind, think that they're going to do the rational thing. And, you know, they, I think that they just, you know, Jim Bob Cooter is not Sean Payton. Matthew Stafford isn't Drew Brees, but I don't even know if he needs to be. I think it's more the play calling. And maybe they've been a little bit limited by just how bad their offensive line is. You know, people are right. able to defend the screen without blitzing. or You know, they just, they can just stop everything. And that's been a part of it. But I, I was really high on Abdullah because I thought he could be like Mark Ingram, and I had them basically ranked kind of the same. And Mark Ingram has been that guy, so as long as you followed my advice on both Mark Ingram and Abdullah, you're fine. But <laughs> if, you, if you don't have Ingram and you only sort of followed, <laughs> went down with the ship with me and Abdullah, uh, then I apologize because that, that take was overly aggressive. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's one that uh, is a catastrophic, <laughs> catastrophic one to have follow, uh, followed, but uh, I hear you. I mean, that's just bound to happen. Uh, so you do a recap of all of uh, your recommendations on the Rotoviz forums. Is that right? Yeah, so um, I really like to, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier, but I like to be I'm pretty active on the forums um, or in the comments section uh, as it could also be described yep. um, because, you know, as I said, the, there are so many different types of leagues. And one peeve of mine is when, you know, something happens and it's like, Deshaun Watson, is he a buy or a sell? And, you know, some people are like, oh, he's a buy. And other people are like, oh, he's a sell. And it's like, what does that mean? You know, it's like if he, if you have Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, does that mean you just hold them both? Like it, it, depending on the league, like you're making a huge mistake if you're not if you have a hole in another position and you're not moving one of those two guys. So the, the 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 forums are a really good opportunity for people to 
you know, give specific examples of what their teams are and I can give more nuanced advice. And it also really, I think, challenges challenges me to, you know, think about the kind of advice I'm giving and, and when in making sure that I'm not just saying things like, you know, Sean Watson, sell, he did great, you know, which I did yep. say to sell him, but <laughs> but you know, that's that part of that was because uh, you know, the feedback that 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 you, you see from people on Twitter, of course, uh, but but in the forums where you know you're talking about people who, you know, are pretty serious players, and they're saying, you know, they're saying like Deshaun Watson is being valued like a second round pick in my league. Should I trade him? I'm, you know, for me the answer is yes. It has nothing to do with what I think of Deshaun Watson. Like if you ask any Rovis right analyst. They're not drafting a quarterback in the second round. It doesn't really matter who it is. So if you're getting a second round value for a quarterback, you have to do that. It just that's you know to to say he's a hold or to say he's a buy. If that's if that's the price in a lot of leagues, that's contrary to you know any advice that you've been giving like all off season. So um, for me, the forums are a really helpful way uh, to kind of gauge what's actually going on in, in, in real leagues and um, give a little bit more uh, specific takes. And then, and then so partly uh, to just sort of engage a little bit more, but also for just my own accountability, I'd like to, I basically go through all the recommendations I made the previous week on Thursdays and just write a little blurb about each, each player and, whether I thought the take was right or wrong or whatever based on what happened in the games. And that it's been really actually just illuminating for me because uh, it's, it's been just looking at what, what I said, you know, nine days before and then describing what happened later. Like it's really amazing how quickly we process information um, from the games that week, and then just take it for granted. So, for example, last week I said sell T.Y. Sell Hilton. And, you know, in some ways, now you say, like, well, obviously sell him because, you know, like Andrew Luck is probably not going to play, and his value can only go down. He had, you know, two good weeks against really bad defenses. But then I went back and I read my blurb, and I realized, you know, this is Tuesday trades. On Tuesday, Andrew Luck was starting <laughs> in a right. week or two. Yep. On Wednesday, they announced that he had a setback and was no longer practicing. So if you, you know, if you just look at it in a vacuum and say, well, you said sell T.Y. Hilton, that was obvious. But when right. you sort of, by doing the recap, I'm looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, like, there's real value to, <laughs> to to provide here because if you moved on from him and somebody took your offer before Andrew Luck had his setback, you know now you're stuck with the guy and 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 that's just that's partly a roster management thing. Like T. Y. Hilton might be fine, you know he might be a, a useful player for you to have, and so it doesn't mean that you're gonna like lose your league because you didn't trade T. Y. Hilton. But if you're on a team where you have a ton of wide receivers and you have holes elsewhere. That is an opportunity that you don't have anymore because that guy's stuck on your team. Like you're just there's no other team that's going to take him. So anyway, uh, I, part of what I'm trying to do with the recap is help readers to see the value of some of these um, 
the some of the decision making process from week to week and how it's not just about um, it's not just about you know getting rid of players who are going to suck or getting players who haven't looked good but are going to be great. Uh, part of it is about managing your roster and like figuring out which players on your on your team have yeah I guess they're a little bit more liquid so th- I mean that's one thing that in my uh, uh, in the column I mean if you I don't know if you if you read it week to week you realize a lot of the cells are not players that are bad but their players are good and the reason is because other teams actually want those players yeah that's something I think a lot of people lose sight of uh when they're making trades and it's more than just helping uh, somebody maybe address a perceived hole that they might have in your roster, but it's giving them a player that they actually could be excited about getting onto their team. So that uh, all makes sense. And uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that it is Thursday and uh, talking about takes panning out. I am hoping that my take uh, of the Ravens slaughtering the Dolphins tonight, uh, and you can probably tell by the excitement in my voice that I've checked the score, <laughs> and it looks like they are, because I did place a uh, wager on my bookie this week, and uh, I'm expecting my nice quick payout. I am pretty pumped about it. I also have the Ravens' defense uh, in a couple of leagues, so it's looking like a good Thursday night for me. Uh, and if you've yet to try out my bookie, they have in-game live betting, really cool player perks. Um, I really like the mobile site, and uh, it's just really easy to get up and running. And uh, they will match your deposit for a 50% bonus uh, currently. So hopefully you got in last week for the 100%, the final week. But if you didn't, you can still get a 50% bonus when you sign up right now. Uh, so go to mybookie.ag, use the Roto Recap promo code, uh, to get that bonus and, uh, you know, go have some fun making these games uh, a whole lot more interesting. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So looking forward to week eight, uh, are there any players that you're targeting, uh, you know, to make some moves with, uh, this week? Uh, yeah. So I think one, that, one guy that I, I'd like to focus on and for Rotoviz. Subscribers, I think everybody uh, knows how much um, pretty much everyone on the site loves Stefan Diggs. A um, lot of love for him, yes. Yeah, a lot of love for Stefan Diggs, but I'm saying to try to buy Adam Thielen this week with Stefan Diggs seeming like he's coming back soon. And the reason for that is as much as we all love Diggs, um, and I, I mention this because I feel like a lot of readers might have the sort of pro digs bias here, but this is his third year in the league, and this is his third year struggling with the same type of injury issues. So last year he did come back from from the same injury, the groin injury, but his splits when he played injured versus when he was totally healthy are pretty drastic, and especially towards the end of the year, when he was really just sort of running on one leg, Adam Thielen dominated the target share and was a legitimate wide receiver one on a team that last year, you know, seemed a lot less exciting even than the offense this year with the offensive line they had struggling so much. So Diggs seems to be coming back. People are, you know, pretty optimistic because of how well he's played so far. But 
there is a real chance that that he's you know that he struggles to stay healthy for 16 weeks or uh, you know yeah. eight more weeks. And if that happens, you know Adam Thielen, some people not not necessarily view him as a fluke, but they're just not necessarily sold that that he is as good um, as he's shown himself to be. And I think that's probably a mistake. I think he is going to be that good. And if Diggs is out. You're really gonna want to have him on your team. Absolutely. Uh, so you also recommended this week to buy Eric Ebron and sell Cameron Brait, uh, which I'm sure some people might uh, find a little backwards. So maybe run us through that logic a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly right. I said buy Eric Ebron. Uh, maybe this is my Lions bias here. Oh, uh, that's right. Sell, sell Cameron Brait. So I I I I gave you this question to ask because yes. <laughs> I wanted to highlight the fact that uh, Eric Ebron. We everyone knows Eric Ebron is terrible. He's been a disaster if you drafted him. And Cameron Braid has been one of the best values in the draft. People were worried about OJ Howard. People didn't know what was going to happen with the targets with Deshaun Jackson being added to the team. And you know he was he was a pretty cheap guy to get in drafts, and he's been one of the most consistent tight ends this year. But everyone knows this at this point, so it's not useful for me to tell you. You know, Braid is good, Ebron is bad. Right. The point the point for me uh, with Cameron Braid is he's been excellent. Uh, there's not been a lot of good tight ends, and almost every team in your league needs a good tight end. So. Cameron Braid is somebody that if you go to, you know, a lot of these trades, you, you look at at the rosters and you're like, maybe I can trade with this one team, and if they're not interested, I, there's, you know, I don't, have, I'm out of options. Cameron Braid is somebody who there's at least six teams in your league that need a guy like this, and so that makes him somebody that you have a lot of options to move him and get a player that can help you in another position, as long as you're not, you know, don't have a total. Um, zero at tight tight end otherwise and uh to me i think it's a good opportunity because oj howard some people might already be worried about him because he scored two touchdowns last week but to me the main thing is that Cameron Braid has been out snapping oj howard all season snaps it's not quite as important as like roots run for tight ends but this game oj howard out snapped Cameron Braid, and it's i think you know, of the different scenarios that can happen, the more likely one is that O.J. Howard snap count continues to go up as the season mm-hmm. goes on. Yep. Not that O.J. Howard starts not seeing snaps and that Braid dominates. So, if anything, I think the odds are tilted against you with Braid, you know, maintaining this pace. And at right now, you can, you can trade him for a lot of different kinds of players because there's a lot of teams... That can use him. Uh, so I'm saying sell him because he's been good, not because he's been bad. Um, and Eric Ebron on the flip side, buy him because he's free right now. And maybe you can even just pick him up on waivers. Uh, but in the dynasty league, you know, in a really deep league, maybe somebody's stashing him. And I think that he's worth adding for for cheap because there's a chance that he gets traded before the trade deadline on the 31st. And if that happens, uh, it's just back to preseason Eric Ebron. Maybe it's his time. And, you know, he's had his, his hiccups in the offense there in Detroit, but 
their whole offense has not been very good. And if they had been scoring 35 points a week, we would probably be talking about, you know, we would probably have a different narrative on Eric Ebron because after the first couple weeks, he seemed fine. And, you know, the, the, the just disaster of the offensive line there, they added two guys, Wagner and Lang, I think, who have been sort of on and off the injury report, and their big draft pick at left tackle has not played yet. And so as a result, Darren Fells, who they brought in, you know, they talked about having two tight end sets, but early, you know, in the, in the offseason, but he, he's been playing constantly because they just don't have, they just don't have the bodies on the offensive line to make the offense work. And that's been at that, you know, Eric Ebron doesn't block. So it's suddenly a very bad fit for him. And I think that's a big part of his struggles. So if you can get him for free and you can, you know, cut bait, if he doesn't, you know, you just hold him for a week. If he doesn't get traded, you get rid of him, but he's been in talks with Denver. Well, you know, as somebody that's believed in Ebron for a while, uh, and I'm still holding on to some hope, but, you know, I hope things do work out for him, and that would be a great landing spot. Uh, so as you can see, this is a man that is sharp and really knows his stuff, which, again, if you want to, uh, you know, check out more of his writing, make sure that you go to Rotoviz and get that 30% discount. Now, I'm actually going to ask you one more thing that I've always been wondering about before I let you go, which is the dog... That is your uh, Twitter, Avi. Is that yeah. dog famous? What's the deal with that dog? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so if you follow me on Twitter at DevinMCI, <laughs> uh, you can read all my good tweets, uh, skip the bad <laughs> ones. And uh, yeah, that's my that's my Twitter, Avi. You know, no, it's not famous. I saw... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember exactly where I saw uh, uh, where I first saw that picture. I just thought it was a cool picture. It was a cool dog in a cool hat. It's like a banana. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's it, it was. Uh, I did look it up. It was a collaboration between like a um, like a I think like a you know a streetwear store in like the UK and like some design label. Some <laughs> annoying. Some annoying thing. Yeah. Uh, that hat probably cost like. $129, but <laughs> I thought it was a cool picture. And then, um, when I was trying to figure out something to do, to have for like a fantasy football yep. avatar, I had that image on my, <laughs> on my computer and a little bit of it, a little bit of it is a nod to Sean Siegel and his banana ah. stands. Ah. So I, I was like, this is a good road of his, uh, lineage. Abby. Wow, I am so glad that I asked you this question because I honestly I've been thinking about this and like meaning I've been meaning to ask you for a really long time. And that dog just <laughs> looks he's the friendliest looking dog. That dog is so cool. Like I wish that dog was my best friend. I just love yeah, him. Me too. I was like, nobody can get mad at me. You know, Twitter is a nightmare, but I was like, nobody can get mad at me if this is my Abby. Everyone will just see this friendly face and they'll be like, this is a cool guy. I want to be his friend, and that, that didn't really that didn't really work out. That didn't happen, but that was my thinking. The process is right, even if I turned out to be wrong. Exactly. So we'll wrap up there with uh, you know it's the process over the results. Well, anyways, yeah. thanks uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Devin. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you back on at some point. And um, 
That's going to do it for today's edition of the Rotoviz Highlight Reel, brought to you by Draft and My Bookie. I'm Dave Cabin. Find me on Twitter at DaveCabinFF. My guest was Rotoviz.com writer Devin McIntyre at DevinMCI. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Highlight Reel. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at the 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi! So, about the kitchen. Turns out, when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.